Welcome, hockey fans, to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I will be your substitute host tonight. MJ Hammett is out on assignment. With me today is Bill Berg Jr. and Del Scanlon. Uh, first on our agenda tonight is uh, we have some coaches who have hit some milestones in this uh, strange abbreviated season. Bill, why don't you tell us about them? Sure. And, you know, this may not be an exhaustive list. These are just the ones I've seen this season. Um, Dan Gilkerson, uh, just a, a week or two ago, hit number 200 at Somerset. Uh, Neil Matson at Reedsburg, Wisconsin Dells. This one was very early in the season. Dell called it out right away, way back in December. Uh, 300 wins. Uh, Jason Kalen at Superior. Uh, already, the in terms of wins, the winningest coach at Superior. Uh, 300 wins. And Scott Parker, who celebrated his 30th season at Chippewa Falls last year, uh, hit the 400-win milestone um, just last week or the week before. So... Dan Gilkerson, Neil Matson, Jason Kalen, and Scott Parker hitting the big round numbers. Um, if there's any other coaches out there that hit big round numbers, let us know, and, and we'll call them out too. Congratulations. Uh, that's These are guys who are dedicated to coaching high school hockey in Wisconsin. Uh, made 30 years. Livelihood. 30 years at Chippewa Falls, and I believe this season was the first year that Chippewa Falls beat Superior in Superior. I think it was last year or the year before, that was like the first time they beat Superior at all. And this year was the first time they beat Superior in Superior. Alrighty. Well, that was coaches. Now let's move on to players. Dell is going to tell us about our Wyndham Garden Inn of Madison and Fitchburg, our players of the week. And this week, our players on the boys side comes from the southeast part of the state on wednesday he had one goal one assist and a four to three overtime win over marquette the game tying goal with 29 seconds left on the clock on thursday he had one goal one assist and a four to nothing win over arrowhead on saturday he had two goals and a five to one win over hudson including including the game-winning goal. Uh, our Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg Player of the Week on the boys' side is from University School in Milwaukee, Peter Ells. Also nominated on the boys' side was Mason Manglitz from Onalaska. On the girls' side, we're going to go up to the northwestern part of the state. And on Monday, she had a Three goals, one assist, and a 6-2 to two win over Hayward. On Tuesday, she had two goals and a 2-1 to one overtime victory against the Eau Claire Area Stars. And Thursday, she was held scoreless, but her team went on to a one to nothing win over the Western Wisconsin Stars. Uh, the Fusion skated that evening with 12 skaters. And the winner is from St. Croix Valley Fusion, Kendall Sunby. Also nominated this week was Alyssa Knoff from Rock County Fury and Sydney Polzine from the Chippewa Falls Menominee. And those are our Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg Players of the Week. Back and I, I didn't... I didn't write it down on the notes, but uh, Michaela Zillish of Fox City Stars was our, was also nominated, but she had already won once, and we don't allow repeat winners. 
So she didn't go into the voting. Alrighty. And that gets us to our main topic of the evening. Um, playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> we'll be lucky if we win another game. Um, but playoffs start on Tuesday uh, on for, for the boys and on Thursday uh, for the girls. Uh, on our site, we have switched the... Uh, default season for the boys. If you go to the site now, you're going to see playoffs. If you want to see regular season stuff, you'll have to use the little thingy over on the, the top right to switch to regular season. Uh, the girls, there are still some girls games, regular season games scheduled for Tuesday. So after that, we will switch that one to playoffs also. Um, so for our roundups tonight, we are going to do things in the order that they do the finals uh, from the state tournament on Friday, which will be boys D2 first, then the girls, and then the boys Division One. So uh, starting in Section 1 up in the northwest corner, uh, Division 2, what do we got going there, Bill? Well, Superior is the real wild card here because they've played the fewest games um, starting their season in, in January. They got in as many games as they could. Uh, they're the real wild card here. They have not played Rice Lake yet. Rice Lake has beaten Hayward, Amory, and New Richmond already this year. Uh, and I said this last year about Rice Lake. Uh, I'm going to say it again. And as long as they're in Division Two, which is going to be the foreseeable future because I believe they're the smallest school in the Big Rivers Conference. Nobody in Division Two is going to throw something at Rice Lake that they haven't seen before. Um, they play in the Big Rivers Conference. They played Hudson twice. They played Memorial twice. They played North twice. Um, as far as Division Two programs go, their conference schedule gives them one of the hardest schedules in the state, and it's going to be that way every year. Um, Springs over in their section, they also play an incredibly hard schedule, but that's because they choose to um, when they go outside of the Badgerland Conference. Um, Rice Lake, they have a built-in brutal schedule every year, um, so nobody in D2 is going to throw anything at them that they haven't seen before. Uh, I think, though, the, the Dark Horse wild card in this section is probably Hayward, um, that Abrick kid, not to be confused with their previous Abrick kid, uh, in net uh, is, a, is a phenomenal goalie. Um, he seems to be following in his brother's footsteps. His brother was runner-up uh, for our goalie award his senior season. Um, he's having a great season over there at Hayward. They're the real dark horse. Um, he can and will steal games. So uh, that's what I see in, in D2 Section 1. Uh, Rice Lake should be the presumptive favorite, as every number one seed should be, just because of the schedule that's been thrown at them and they've weathered um, they're they're tested and ready to go. Superior, Superior is just a, just a complete wild card, and your dark horse is Hayward. Well, look at this Amory and New Richmond, and right. I mean, Hay Hayward did beat Superior um, yes. in their one meeting this year. Um, they they've played a tough schedule. They played Oak Park Memorial, um, New Richmond. 
I don't know when 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 you have a goalie like Abrick, he can win. He can steal games. Um, yeah, he has a nine forty one save percentage. Nine. I mean, we're used to you know anything above nine is good, but nine forty one is absurd. Yes, I mean, yeah, but for for, for great goalies, I mean like. 95 is like your ultimate goal. You're, you're letting one, you're letting in one shot out of 20 and he is almost there. He's a I mean, when you think about it for a goalie, you know, okay, this goalie's his save percentage is, is 950. This goalie's save percentage is 900. How much better is it? 950. He's twice as good as the 900 goalie. You know, out of 20 shots, he lets in one. The other guy lets in two. He's twice as good. You know, so 940 is 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 good. And yeah, and in that regard, um, yeah, Superior did outshoot Hayward by a considerable margin in that game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's uh, somewhat surprising, um, uh, Jamin Durfee, the goalie for Superior, has actually had um, a really nice year uh, for the most part as well. Uh, I think he's sitting at like 9.05, so the save percentage isn't there, but um, that's because you know, there were just a couple games, especially early on, their first game against Eau Claire North. Superior just, that was their first game against a team that had already played 10. Um, they were not ready for that game, but you know, after that, he's really settled down and had a nice season himself. But I'm still picking Rice Lake. And we other news... About... Huh? Did we talk about New Richmond at all? No, but they are joining the Big Rivers Conference next year. Ah! Well, they're going to have a nice trying to catch try, trying to catch up to Rice Lake. You think <laughs> Rice Lake uh, is in there playing all these two? We, you know, if we want to compete with Rice Lake, we're going to have to get in that conference too. Well, they're joining in all sports too, except um, football. Except football, all, all sports except football. New Richmond will be in the Big Rivers next year. Um, I guess what I was hearing after I posted that is they never wanted to be in the middle border in the first place. Um, but they will be the second smallest school in the Big Rivers Conference. Uh, I believe Hudson is the largest. And I've been around long enough to know when that happened. Um, I forget what conference they were in before that, but um, somebody else joined hockey in whatever in that middle border conference, and they had they had to they had to switch. Um, they were in a different conference before, and they were I mean they were making you know, state tournament appearances. Um, and they really didn't, they had to switch to that conference. So apparently something's happened that they were able to get back out of it now. So is that sort of like Penn state made a hockey team? So the big 10 had to extract themselves from the WCHA. Yes. It was one of those situations. We have, we have enough schools conference bylaws says you have to do this. Um, okay. All right, Dell. Any comments, or should we move on to girls? Uh, we can go ahead and move on to the girls. All right. 
And the girls, section one. Uh, yeah. uh, we should say, and the girls, um, the girls were affected more by um, the the COVID and teams not playing. Each of the girls sections only has six teams this year. So each of the sections has two uh, games on Thursday and then semifinal games uh, next Tuesday. So for section one, um, the Chippewa Falls Menominee Sabres play Hayward and the Hudson Raiders play Superior to start things off. Uh, the winner of the Sabres-Canes game plays Western Wisconsin Stars. The winner of Hudson and Superior plays the St. Croix Valley Fusion. Uh, Eau Claire area stars got moved out into the Madison because that section had the most missing teams. So what do you think, Dell? Well, this here is going to, when we've been do, doing the top sixes the past few weeks, what have we had? Four, four or out of the six teams have come from basically up north and around the Big Rivers Conference. This uh, is the section of death. Uh, and this, honestly, I think this is going to come down to your number one and two seeds meeting up, off in the sectional. And if you look at what's happened li- recently, that should be a very close game. Uh, the most recent game bet- between them was a one nothing win by the Fusion over the Western Wisconsin Stars just the other day. Uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be a tough fought sectional, uh, Chippewa Falls Menominee. I can see them moving on to being the four seed and moving up to play the one seed, the Hudson Raiders moving up to play the two and Hudson could surprise the fusion and move on. But like you said, this has been the section of death for how many years now up in sectional one. And Hudson has already beaten the Fusion this season. Um, this, I mean, that's why the the top six for the girls has been so difficult. Is all the teams in this section have been just beating each other in a well, weird that, round yeah, robin? It, it makes it hard to pick a. They, they you look well. They, well, they beat them. Well, no, but they beat them earlier. Well, but they beat them earlier too. <laughs> yeah, they like just... in their in their in their one meeting, the Western Wisconsin Stars spanked Hudson. Um, the Fusion have beaten the, the Western Wisconsin Stars twice against one loss. Hudson beat the Fusion. Um, Chippewa Falls Menominee, I believe they have... Split uh, with the Fusion. Yeah, they split with the Fusion. So, in their game against Western Wisconsin was an overtime loss. So, I mean... I mean, Dell thinks it's going to come down to the, the one or two. Um, honestly, one, two, three, four have a real good shot at this one. Uh, Hayward doesn't have the team this year that they've had in the past. Superior is still up there fighting the good fight. Um, but um, they just haven't had that much success lately either, despite the fact that they have two women playing for the UW-Eau Claire women's team now, uh, which was we were talking with Coach Strand. like That was fairly unexpected. Uh, Superior hasn't had a lot of success in recent years, but they still managed to put... Uh, two girls into college hockey, and that's just at that one school. Um, I have uh, what what that means is they have they have good players, just not a lot of depth. So yeah, this could go any number of ways. I'm gonna pick the fusion because I'm gonna make picks. I don't know if you guys are, but I am. 
Well, if we're making picks, then if I went back to D2, boys, I actually will go with Superior to take take that one. Still Burglar's Thunder before he takes them. <laughs> I don't know. He felt awfully dirty today when he voted for Rhinelander higher than Superior on his top sixes. I, that still doesn't feel right, no. I mean, you only lived in Anago for 37 years. And, and yes, yeah, I, I lived in Anago for 37 years, but I really didn't... I worked in Rhinelander for six years, and that's when I got to know that... Never mind. Um, what the hodag was? <laughs> <laughs> and I will actually go with the Fusion, too, on the girls. I'm gonna go with Western Wisconsin Stars, and, and we take I think it that the stars are gonna align. <laughs> and we take it that you went with the Superior in D two boys, the Columbia Blue and White. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, boys, Division One. Top-rated Hudson, second-rated Chippewa Falls, third-rated Spash, fourth-rated Eau Claire North, followed by Eau Claire Memorial. Um, the big question, is Bridger Fixmer back? I don't think so. Uh, let me check if he played. He did not in the last game. Then no. Um, yeah, like... I mean, Chippewa Falls is a very good hockey team without Bridger Fixmer, and they're a great team with him. Um, that's not a knock on their other goalies. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a... There's a difference between a good goalie and a great goalie, and he's a great goalie. And he played three games this season. So um, I think you saw some some losses and ties on their record that, you know, maybe they didn't have last year because they had... Um, he, I don't. He is a Team Wisconsin goalie. I don't know if he. I didn't look at Team Wisconsin this year, so I don't know if he was on the the U18s this year. But he was a U16 Team Wisconsin goalie previously. Um, so that's they're, you know, they go from being a great team to a very good team. Uh, Hudson, I would have told you a week ago was invincible, uh, but they lost to Edgewood and they lost to USM. So apparently their bugaboo is private schools. There are none of those in their section. No. That's a good um, thing. But if you look, I mean, if you look past the scoreboard, they vastly outshot both those teams in those games. Um, the, the loss to Edgewood and the loss to USM, it just, you know, the either bad breaks or, you know, they were so focused on offense, they let a couple weird plays slip through it. And I mean, um, USM scored five goals on 18 shots in that game where USM beat Hudson. Um, that's not something you're going to expect to see that often. But, you know, down down ballot, uh, you got Memorial and North, with North being the higher seed. Spash at three. Uh, Spash keeps getting top six votes. Uh, they keep not making the top six, but they keep getting votes. Um, 
Wasa West just doesn't seem to, to, to have it right now. Um, you know, not in the way they did in the past. So I think, you know, a week ago I'd have told you that Hudson was, even though this is just, you know, this is the boys' section of death, I'd have told you that Hudson was almost a lock. But as it is now, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think they've shown that they can be gotten to, and that's, that's, that's not nothing. I'm that said I'm still picking them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you're saying, you know, little surprised, you know, with the last with the two losses that they had picked up, you know, against USM a 5 to 1 game and then the 4 to 1 to Edgewood. Uh like we said at uh last week, felt a little sorry for River Falls on Monday having to pick up Hud, play Hudson after they had just lost that game to Edgewood. Uh, and then in between there, they, was it Matamidi? They, they played Matamidi. 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 Uh, a 4-2 to two loss to them. But, you know, a 5-4 win over uh, the old Abe's. And, you know, then they had three games in a row that they didn't give up a goal and stuff. But, you know, so it's kind of hard to pick against Hudson going through this sectional. It is. I, I'm looking at each of the other teams and trying to be, trying to make a case for each of them. Um, and I, I can't convince myself that any of the other teams there uh, possess a, a, present a serious threat. I mean, Hudson's already beat them all twice. Uh, the first one against Chippewa Falls was overtime, four to three. Um, Bridger Fixmer did play in that game. Uh, the next time they played Chippewa Falls, it was six to nothing. Uh, the first time they played Eau Claire Memorial, it was six to nothing. The second time, the Old Abe's narrowed it to five to four. The first time they played North, it was five to nothing. The second time, it was nine to two. Um, they, their game with Wasa West uh, got uh, canceled uh, as part of West's shutdown back in December. Uh, their early game against the University School got moved, obviously, to the end of the to the end of the end of the year. Um, they beat Notre Dame six to one um, back in December. Notre Dame was the number one team in the state at that time, um, and then after that win, Hudson carried it all the way through until just now when they lost. Uh, it, it's hard. It'd be hard to pick against them right now. Um, the head-to-head matchups they've shown against all those other teams, it's it'd be hard to pick somebody else. But it was hard to pick somebody else last year too. And Chippewa Falls is the one that went to the state tournament. With Bridger Fixer. Yes. <laughs> all right. Ah, moving on. Back to Division Two. Oh, right. Moving on to Section Two, starting with Division Two. Um, Great Northern Conference Tournament 2.0. Yes, the only difference between the Great Northern Conference and the Section is we are swapping out Marshfield for Medford. Uh, Marshfield, who was who is sixth in the seating, and Medford, I think, who was eighth in the seating for the. 
GNC. Um, no, Tomahawk. Anyway, yeah, the, yeah, the 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 seeds are Pines number one, Mosinee number two, Lakeland number three, Rhinelander number four, and Rhinelander, the Odags, um, just won the Great Northern Conference tournament, um, beating, beating Northland Pines and Mosinee. Beating Mos- Northland Pines in the semifinals and Mosinee in the finals. We don't know the score of that game because uh, neither team has entered it yet. But I did find out that Rhinelander did indeed win the Great Northern Conference tournament. So does that make them the front runner for this section since it's basically seven out of the eight same teams? I think they, they have to be. Um... Their win earlier this season against Pines was the first time they have beaten Pines in 29 years, and then they came back and did it again. And I have I spent the hour before this, uh, before we started this podcast, I spent an hour trying to build up a case as why you know Rhinelander you know won't beat Pines, and you know why Rhinelander won't represent this section and. You know, the, the best I could do is that sorry old, it's hard to beat a team three times in one year. And that's, that, that really doesn't work. I still think, I still think there's a good case to be made for both Lakeland and Pines. Pines is harder because Rhinelander has now beat them twice, five to two. Um, but. Are we just um, discounting Mosin E? I'm getting there. They're in this as well. Okay. Those four teams are all involved. Um, coming into the Great Northern Conference Tournament where they all played three games, Lakeland had only played ten games. Pines had played 11. Um, Rhinelander had played 14. And Mosinee had played 15. And I think that that matters. I think that the more games you have under your belt when that kind of thing happens matters. And now that they have those three games under their belt, I think Mosinee is better equipped to deal with them. In, or not Mosinee. Uh, Lakeland is better equipped to deal with them in the future. I think uh, Max Toyjalo on Lakeland is the best player in the section. Uh, I'm sure that um, Riley McGee, the defenseman for Pines, has something to say about that um, and some of their other players. But I think uh, he's the best player in the section. And I think in D2, uh, I think that can carry you more than it can in D1, kind of like we see um, on the girls' side where... Uh, a team just has like that one superfluous player uh, who can who can win games by herself. I think that that Lakeland can kind of do that. Um, also, you know, just you know, Jake Suter is their coach. Uh, Gary is uh, an assistant, so that's a thing. Now, you know, the thing is, is when I look at this and. Like you guys said, they, this is the, the Great Northern Conference Tournament 2.0, basically. But one of the questions that you end up with is, you know, you, you've got your coaches all saying, okay, everybody's 0-1-0 here, you know, going in, and, you know, the records are out the window because now it's, you know, winner to go home. But if you're Northland Pines and you're t- – let's say that Northland Pines and Rhinelander both win their first round games and they meet up in the regional finals, which is, you know, bracket following through. Now, if you're Northland Pines and you're taking the ice, how much is that in your head going in there knowing that you've lost to them twice already this year? 
I think that losing to Rhinelander twice, and you know, we're making assumptions that Pines is going to beat Tomahawk. Tomahawk hasn't won a game this year, so. And Rhinelander's going to beat Wapaka. Uh, but I think that is in their heads. But on the other hand, Pines is the, was the number one seed in the Great Northern Conference Tournament, and they're the number one seed in the sectional, and they weren't supposed to be. We talked to Coach Cox last year, you know, live on camera, talking about how many seniors they had, and, you know. Twelve! They yeah. lost 12 seniors. They lost 12 seniors. They are not supposed to, in no shape or form when this season played out, were they supposed to be the number one seed of a section, and they are. Um, so despite the fact that they lost to Rhinelander twice this year, you know, first loss in 29 years, and they and they lost to them in the Great Northern Conference Tournament, they have to be, still, that, that has to matter. That's, you've got to get a high from that. Um, they're not supposed to be where they are, and they're there. They've, they've got to get energy from that. Well, it, it, I was I was trying to come up with well, you know, since Pines is the number one seed and Rhinelander is the number four, that means they're going to meet in the semifinals of the section, which is at the highest seed, not in the sectional finals, which is going to be played at Mosinee. So, well, they're going to play them in the dome. Well, apparently that's where Rhinelander won both of their games was in the dome, and we all know that that is the greatest home field advantage and high school hockey in Wisconsin is Northland Pines playing in their dome. Um, so I guess it just comes down to if any of the players on Northland Pines have older brothers, um, you know, older brothers who are saying you cannot lose to Rhinelander in the sectional final, in the sectionals. You know how many times we lost to Rhinelander? We never lost to Rhinelander. You know, if they have older brothers, you know, they will, you know, make them pay for this. Well, I mean, it is Northland Pines, so they're guaranteed to have older brothers. Uh, there's a, a Milet, Mayette um, on the team this year, Michael. His brother was one of the seniors last year. Um, you know, there's always a Brown. There's two Browns on the team this year. You know, there's, you see... You know, you see those names repeating again. Um, Cooper Cox, uh, I'm sure he knows all about not losing to Rhinelander. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned Riley McGee. Uh, Rowan, little brother, is, you know, on the team this year. Uh, you know, Rhinelander, or not Rhinelander, Pines wasn't supposed to be where they are, and they're there. And I think, you know, that, that'll matter to them. But, yeah, Rhinelander's already beat them twice, 5-2. to two. There's, I mean, all signs point to Rhinelander if that matchup happens. It's, you know, winning it again. On the other end, Mosinee and Lakeland, two very good teams. Mosinee's played the largest schedule of all the teams in this section. Uh, the, the, the most non-conference games, they, you know, they went out, they, they went over to Ashwaubenon a couple times. They've, they've been around. Um and these teams, they could also win it. Like I said, I think Max Toyjala of Lakeland is probably the best player in the section. Um, Caden, I think it is, Schmerler in Mosinee is piling on goals this year. Um, this should be a fun one. Uh, last year, Pines was a foregone conclusion, even though they, they needed overtime to beat Mosinee in the sectional final. Um, you know, coming into the tournament, Pines was a foregone conclusion. It didn't quite play out that way, but this year, I think that anybody in the top four could reasonably win it, um, which is nice to see. 
So who are you going to pick? I am going to pick... Mosiny. I just spent all that time talking about Lakeland. I'm picking Mosiny. And with you talking all that time about Lakeland and Mosiny, I'm actually going to go back up and take the number one seed in this, the Pine, the Northland Pines. I, I was torn, and then looking at the, uh, at the, the, the sectional final is scheduled for Mosiny. Um, which means they'll have home home field advantage for the whole thing, and I, I'm going to have to take Mosiny as well. Okay, back to the girls, section two, where the huh, yeah the number one seed, um, the number one ranked team in the girls side, uh, the Fox City Stars. Central Wisconsin Storm, the number two seed. Uh, Northland Pine Eagles, three. Bay Area Ice Bears, four. Northern Edge, five. And the Medford Raiders, six. Quick question. Anybody in this section can beat Fox Cities? The only blemish on their record this year was a 2-2 tie to Pines. Really? Uh, yep, they beat, I mean, back-to-back just this week. They beat Bay Area and Central Wisconsin five to one, um, and you know this wasn't uh, you know we got outshot and our goalie saved us and we got some lucky breaks. They outshot one of them thirty four to twenty two, uh, and the other one shots were just about even. So I mean they can put the puck in the net. That game against Pines, uh, they did outshoot them by a lot, and they, they did. Didn't find the net that day, but that's the only blemish on their record is a two-two loss to Pines or tie or tie with Pines. But otherwise, you know, talking about other sections, they've beaten the the Fusion twice. Um, they've beaten USM, who I believe is the number one seed in their section twice. Um, they they've beaten Central Wisconsin. They've beaten Bay Area. I have I can't see any reason to pick somebody other than the Stars at this point. They're going wire to wire as the number one team in the state. They won the last two state tournaments. Um, you know, we've heard that, you know, Michaela Zillish may be the best player in the state. I called her a senior a couple weeks ago. She is a junior. And then, you know, besides her, uh, you know, she's got 68 points. Grace Rentmeester has 65. She's a freshman. That ain't right. You know, we talked about all the players that graduated this last year. They have a 65-point freshman. <laughs> that can make a coach breathe a little easier. She goes to Wrightstown. I've never heard of Wrightstown. <laughs> well, you have now. Well, and you know, we always kind of, you always kind of lean to you know your defending state champion. You know, they're there until somebody, you know beats them and takes over their spot, you know, for being number one. And Fox City's just kind of just showed they don't want to give it up. And I really would not be able to pick against them in this bracket. You know, the, the secret, not the secret, the key to beating them is those two players. Zillish has 44 goals. Rentmeester has 33. Nobody else on the team has more than nine. Next is five. So, like, that's their offense is those two 
those two girls. That's their offense. If you can shut them down, like Pines seems to have done in that 2-2 to tie, then they can be beaten just like anybody else. But you have to keep them out because that's, that's 77 goals between two players. Right, and, and looking at Northland Pines' uh, schedule, uh, I mean, they're 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 a 500 team. I mean, they're not. I mean, it's not like they they were building up to that. I'm not saying that 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 was a fluke, um, but that game was played. Uh, you know, up in Eagle River. Um, I don't know if the girls always. You know, sometimes they play on the what they call the cube, but I mean, if it was in the dome, you know, again that home ice advantage goes to them just like it does to the boys. Um, but yeah, I, I I really can't see. I don't know. I, I can't see picking against uh, the number one seed on this side. Nope. D one. D one. Section two. We have. Notre Dame Academy at number one. Bayport at number two. No. Nina, Nina Hortonville, Menasha at number two. Bayport at number three. Ashwabanon. De Pere, four. And Ashwabanon, five. Uh, what else? Yeah, West Bend, Fond du Lac, way down at seven. Uh, Beaverdam, Appleton. Anybody beat Notre Dame in this section? Well, they haven't yet. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> ah, Dell's gone. Uh, we'll wait for him to come back. Uh, they haven't beaten Notre Dame yet. Notre Dame has three losses on the season. Uh, Fond du Lac Springs, University School, and Hudson. Three teams that have all been ranked number one in the state. Notre Dame has also been ranked number one in the state. Uh, they beat Bayport 4-1. to one. They beat Ashwaubenon on 5-3. They beat De Pere 7 to nothing. Uh, one team that I they beat Nina Nina uh, five to one that was way back at the start of the season. Uh, one team that I think is worth watching. I don't think they can win the section, but um, I think you could see West Bend, the Ice Bears. Um, I think you know if they get past number eleven Fox Cities, I think they could actually challenge Bayport in that second round game. Uh, possibly even Nina if they make it to the third round. Um, they're not a bad team. 14 and 6 on the season. Um, yeah, they're down in you know a part of the state where the teams aren't always the strongest, but uh, they've had a nice season. I don't think they can. I don't think they have what it takes to win the section and beat Notre Dame, but I think they could. They could be that team that that knocks off a three, uh, even a two. Welcome back, Dell. Ah, we can't hear you though. I can see you just can't the, hear. You. The teleportation had failed. Had to ah. come back. Anyway, we're we're discussing if anybody can beat Notre Dame in section one for the boys. I think you know this is one of those ones where to to beat Notre Dame, you've got to play the perfect game, you know, and. It, all of us kind of hate picking number one seed all the way through, but it, 
you know, this is one I don't see the upset sitting there. And it's, 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 yeah, like we're not picking the upsets. It's, it's kind of, I'm disappointed in myself because, um, the Fox River Classic is a surprisingly good conference this year. Uh, Bayport, De Pere, Ashwaubenon, uh, all in that conference with Notre Dame. The Fox River Classic Conference is better than the Wisconsin Valley Conference this year. Um, better than probably, the Badgerland? Springs, Nina. Yeah, I think the Fox River Classic is better than the Badgerland Conference this year, too. Um, and I don't know that they've been in that position many times before. Um, De Pere fielded a nice team. Ashwaubenon fielded a nice team. Bayport fielded a nice team. Um, Bayport... Uh, they have uh, the first-team all-conference goalie in the Fox River Classic this year, Marcus Niemi. Um, you know, he's the kind of goalie that can steal games for you. Uh, if anybody's going to have a chance against Notre Dame, he's going to have to steal it because that team is stacked. And like I said, the three games they lost were all to teams ranked number one, Hudson, USM, and Springs. And, and you know, this year, you know, We've actually seen Ash Wabin on, you know, where we've seen, you know, their name come up, you know, and have played some really nice games and, and everything. Uh, and you, you don't want to go to overtime against them because Cole Alter got will score the game winner. I've already posted it twice when I post those videos <laughs> from Live Barn. I mean, that's just apparently that's how that's how you win uh, Conference Player of the Year. Uh, he and Brendan Poshak of Notre Dame. Uh, shared that i'll have it posted later tonight but um yeah and, and you know it, it gets kind of rough when you actually have those players like that and they're in the conference that you know you've got notre dame and you got Fond du Lac springs and sometimes that player gets overlooked and it's and this year has been extremely hard for us since we're not really able to go to the games even though you are able to see them on live barn you know, it's still nice to be able to go to the games and get some nice photos of the p kids playing and stuff. Um, but as we're sitting here talking, I personally think Notre Dame will make it out of this sectional. Yeah. On to number three. Against them. Okay. Uh, moving on then to section... Three. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Division two, section three. Baldwin Woodville, number one seed. Somerset, two. Menominee, three. West Salem, four. Ram, five. Barf, six. River Falls, seven. And Viroqua, eight. This is the section that I uh, know the least about, like, it was the it was that way last year too. Somebody is gonna win, <laughs> and uh, there were some upsets last year. Last year, I believe Menominee was a a lower seed, but they ended up um, going to the the sectional final. And you know, part of the reason for that is the same reason that Rice Lake won their section is because they play Hudson twice, and Eau Claire Memorial twice, and Eau Claire North twice, and Chippewa Falls twice. Um, so, you know, Menominee and River Falls have a leg up in that respect. They play in the toughest conference in the state. Um, Baldwin Woodville has been 
all over the map this year. There have been times when they have been ranked, I don't know about on the final list, but in terms of the way coaches vote, they've been as high as third on the top sixes, and then they have had weeks where they've gotten zero votes. Um, they're kind of inconsistent in that respect. Um, so I, I have I have no idea. Uh, on this one, I actually think I'm going to go with the number two seed in the sectional, uh, Somerset, to come out of this one. Any particular reason, or just because they did last year? Honestly, I didn't know they did last year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. You remember last year down at State, I was so ill. That oh, I that's right. You were the walking, yeah. I, mean, I was the walking death dead last year. Yeah, that was, and he that was, was willing to share it with others. <laughs> yeah, I brought it home with me. <laughs> yeah, so did Bob. Um, so yeah, Somerset and Baldwin Woodville played a two to one BW win and a two to two tie. Uh, yeah, this season. I was just looking at that. that yeah, Baldwin Woodville has put to get, put put a nice season together, um, and Somerset has also. And you know they've each played. Uh, pretty good schedules outside of their conference. Um, I think it's going to be a toss-up between the two of them. I don't see um, going down to well, even Omni, you know, they play in that Big Rivers Conference too, but I don't think they win a whole lot of games in there. Well, no, they're 8-16, and 16, but they're a three-seed well, see, I, I can use the argument. Okay, Baldwin Woodville won one, then they tie and they tied. So then it's Somerset's turn. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair, but that doesn't really factor in. That's the way the dice came up. Well, I suppose we have to talk about West Salem because of their coach. Eric Bory? Yeah. I was going to ask him a question the other day, but then I forgot. I still haven't gotten a chance to go see their new rink that they opened up a couple years back. They're no longer in the meat locker. Maybe you know the answer to this, Burglar. How many seasons did Casey Nelson play at Wisconsin Rapids? Oh, I I don't know that. Okay, he was on he was I know he was on Rapids for the 2009-2010 season, but that's before we have stats for. So I don't remember if he was freshman, junior, sophomore, what. And he's in the AHL now, and I'm trying to track down all these you know Wisconsin players playing after high school. Oh, would Pat McDonald know? He probably would too, but I like didn't want to like email the coaches yet. I tried to learn that stuff on my own before I go <laughs> asking for help, and I haven't been able to figure it out. So, who you got? Yeah, West Salem has not played a lot of games this year, also. Um, who do I got? Well, that's what's tough. Usually, when we get to playoff time, you can expect most teams to have played at least twenty games, if not the full twenty-four. But you know, now we're looking at anywhere from like eight to. There are teams that have twenty games in, so it's it's really hard. Well, 
I'm going to have to do it just because, um, for whatever reason. Um, oh, cripe. Jason Schulte, is that who it is? Um, every I, I post, I, I go do the around the state, you know, go around the state, look for scores every Friday. And he always seems to have uh, weekly summaries of Baldwin Woodville on Fridays. And so I've been reading about Baldwin Woodville, like, you know, all season long. And um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Baldwin Woodville. Yeah, Jason's at the the Baldwin Bulletin and the Amory Free Press. Yes, those two does a good job of covering both of those teams. Yep, I'm also gonna go with the number one seed, Dell. I'm going with the number two seed, Somerset. Okay, then. Moving on to the girls, section three. Number one, moved down from Eau Claire area. Uh, Eau Claire area stars are number one. Wisconsin Valley Union, number two. Uh, Neither of those teams was in that section at the start of the year. Uh, If you're on Alaska, Black River Falls, Viroqua, and the Badger Lightning, that's got to annoy you. Um, None of the Madison teams can play this year, so they find... uh, Spash Rapids Marshfield and Eau Claire Altoona to, to come down into your section, but that's the way the map works. Uh, so they're number one and two, and then I've actually mentioned all four teams in the section. Uh, Eau Claire area is a top six team. They have been all year. They were scheduled for the section of death. Uh, I think it's hard to pick against them this year uh, in that section. In the other section, it just be another thing to toss in the air for that ridiculous section but down here i think they're they're too much uh the the center of girls hockey in wisconsin right now seems to be centered around the northwestern part of the state and um so i'm going with them have they played anybody else over here yet they've beaten black river falls six to two they've beaten alaska nine to nothing uh, those are the only games they played in this section. And on Alaska's the three seed, so. And I don't think the the Wisconsin Valley Union has the the firepower to take them either. No, and I, I think you know this the stars are actually going to come out of this one and everything. We know. Valley Union are the ones that would actually be the ones to challenge them. And Junior just said what the score was against on Alaska. So I see the stars coming out of this sectional. And if you were, you know, do the whole conspiracy thing, you know, who did Eau Claire pay to get moved to this section? Or to get out of section one and into section three? But um, we won't go there. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at the map, if you look at the map, Hudson is further west than Eau Claire. St. Croix Valley is further north. The west, the western Wisconsin stars are further north. Superior's further north. Hayward's further north. Say it's just geography. It is just geography. All right. <sighs> Sticking with. 
Division or Section Three, Division One. Uh, top seed, Madison Edgewood. Number two, Verona. Number three, Sock Prairie. Four, Onalaska. Five, Wanakee. Six, RWD. Seven, Thomas Sparta. Eight, Baraboo. Or Veritage or Portaboo. Take your pick. Uh, nine, Sun Prairie. Ten, uh, the Avalanche. And 11, Middleton. And this is probably the section that was uh, most affected by the COVID uh, revamping. And um, like Verona played a club schedule up until just recently. Um, well, and uh, Onalaska Lacrosse, I believe Thomas Sparta and the Avalanche were all in Section 1 uh, at the start of the season. Um, and then they got moved into this one after Madison East or Madison East La Follette, Madison Memorial, Madison West, um, all bowed out because of restrictions. So they got moved down and in. Um, obviously, top seed Edgewood knocked off Hudson. They beat Verona two to nothing. Um, they just beat Chippewa Falls four to three. They beat Fondy Springs seven to two, which might be the most shocking score I've seen all season. Um, and what's more important, impressive about that seven to two win is that Edgewood did it with thirteen shots. Uh, Burglar wrote about that game on the website. Sure, outshot thirty-five to thirteen, but they won seven to two because um, their goalie played very well, Zach Walker. And um, as as Burglar pointed out, and Coach Rothering said, uh, their first line is fantastic, um, and that's. I don't think Edgewood is as deep as some of the other number one seeds. They're certainly not as deep as Hudson or Notre Dame, but that first line can easily skate with Hudson and Notre Dame, and the other ones just have to, you know, play decent defense, and it puts them in a good position. Uh, the game against Verona was played in Sauk Prairie because neither of those teams gets home games uh, and shots were 24 to 22. So it's not like, it's not like the Hudson game and the Springs game where those two teams vastly outshot Edgewood, but Edgewood managed to hold on for the win and in actually in both cases, win convincingly uh, the Verona game two to nothing. Edgewood didn't put as many pucks in the net, but shots were even uh, they, they had them the whole time. Uh, Wanaki actually got, a vote this week in the top six. Uh, they're in the also receiving votes. Verona also got a vote this week. Um, Sock Prairie um, has been the each of the last two seasons the team with a, uh, the gaudy record that doesn't get any respect. Um, yes, they, gotten, have, they have one loss. This yeah, year, one loss. Then they last year they had the state's leading score, uh, but they get no respect because they didn't really they didn't they really travel. Top teams. Yeah, they don't play any of the other. Yeah, they don't play any of the top teams, any of the ranked teams. They did. I mean, they did this year. They had on Alaska lacrosse on the schedule. It's not their fault that on Alaska lacrosse doesn't seem. Well, they, they didn't start playing until January. Um. But Sock Prairie outshot them 
43 to 21. So on a I mean, on Alaska doesn't have the team that they've had in, in recent years. Um, so yeah, Sauk Prairie, they're kind well, of a wild card. It was very hard to build a schedule this year. I mean, most yes. teams, most teams played, you know, if, if their conference existed, which Sauk Prairie did not. Nope. The Badger um, conference did the, not the Badger, exist. The Badger itself did not exist this year. Um, so it's, it's hard to schedule games and, when when your program is building and you're starting to pile up wins, that's when you know that's when you can start scheduling games against some of the other uh, top clubs. Um, they don't want to, you know, if you're starting to schedule non-conference games, the top teams want to play other top teams. They want to, what they want to do is they want to play other top teams from different areas of the state, because each of the different areas has kind of a different style, you know, in what's called in that, you know, in, in how they play. So the top teams like to play other top teams from around the state. So once you, you know, Sock Prairie, this would be the kind of year where they'd start building up and start get some of those uh, other, you know, non tougher non-conference games. But this year was not a normal year in any respect at all. Um, so yeah, Sock Prairie sitting there with one loss on the season, you know, that was, you know, to Beaver Dam and like, you know, it's, Beaver Dam's not a, a top ten team either, so um, it's hard to say. They, they put together a nice season. Um, we congratulate them on that. And I, I, I'm, I'm again. This is this is one where on Fridays when I I I look around and do my right, you know, I, I find you know, write ups on Sock Prairie, you know, and. Um, I've kind of gotten a lot, you know, follow Sock Prairie. So I, and I'll imagine Madison Edgewood is the, you know, by far the favorite um, coming out of here. Um, I don't I mean Verona. Verona is just not not only a dark horse; they're like an invisible horse. Nobody knows what the heck Verona has this year. Um, I like Sock Prairie. I I see Sauk Prairie and Edgewood in the in the sectional final, but I actually think it's going to be Edgewood coming out of here. I would not have had any cause to pick against Verona in the the, the lower half of the section, um, but then they they did lose to Wanaki. Wanaki is a good team, but um, you know. The, whoever scored the game on our website did entered an extra one on the 11 shots that Verona took in the second period. It says 111. <laughs> so our score sheet currently says that Verona outshot Wanaki 151 to 31 in that game. Um, a lot of shots. Be, yeah, it should probably be uh, 51 <laughs> to 31. But, you know, that's... Yeah, that'll Still really 51 is a lot of shots. That, that'll help your save percentage when you stop yeah. 149 shots. Um, but there is a lot of shots, but they also gave up 31. You don't often see that, uh, when a team is taking 50 shots, they still give up 30. Um, usually when a team is taking 50 something shots, they're giving up in the teens, um, maybe the low twenties. Um, uh, I don't as... see that when, when you're playing three on three or four on four. Yes. That's when you see 50 and 30 shots. Uh, but that said, I still think Verona is stronger. They still have a lot of those guys that won the state championship last year. Um, a lot of the players on that team are still there. 
uh, so they're they're very strong. Um, in fact, I think I'm going to take Verona uh, to win this section. All right, I've got Sock Prairie. Who do you have, Dell? I have Edgewood. Okay, Dell's the smart one. Yes, he is. I'm just going with the Catholic school. <laughs> My grandmother would be proud. <laughs> All right. You have to remember, I went to Holy Name for two years, and Edgewood and Holy Name were not friendly with each other. All right. uh, Heading into the home stretch now is Section 4. On the Division 2 side. Yeah. Okay. Final act, St. Mary Springs, number one. Uh, Oregon, two. Homestead, three. Cedarburg four, Wapont five, McFarland six, Stoughton seven. Um, yeah, actually, th- this section was missing a team to start with. Uh, only had seven, and then Wapon actually had to bow out uh, due to COVID. So Cedarburg is actually in the semifinals against Springs. Um, so with the six teams there. Final Act Springs is good. Look, look at this. Nobody no offense to them. Nobody challenged yeah. them last year in Division Two. Yeah, yeah, look at just no offense to anybody, but the way Springs won the state tournament last year and then returned like everybody. I mean, come on, it's it's hard to to just to justify picking against them. Like, well, last year we talked Final Act Springs and Northland Pines. Uh, last year was the first year with the two divisions. And I don't know about you guys, but I actually thought that had it had there just been the old eight sections and, and one division, that Final Act Springs would have come out of their section and Northland Pines would have come out of theirs. I mean, I think those teams both would have played, you know, in if there'd only been one tournament. Um and Final Act Springs just handled Northland Pines. Uh, down there at state, and Northland Pines had had twelve seniors who are who are gone now, and Fond Lake Springs got most of their team back. So they've just been beating up on everybody this year, you know, regardless of what division they are. Um, how many losses do they have? Two, two. They lost to University School back in December, four to two. And then they avenged that loss with a five to two win on uh, January sixteenth, and then they had that very surprising loss to Edgewood that you wrote about. Uh, as Coach Welsh has mentioned in a couple times when just talking with him by email, they have a once in a generation team right now. Um, next year, after they graduate a whole bunch of guys, probably a different story. They're probably, I believe, the what Coach Cox used to describe his team last year down at the state tournament is that next year we'll have a more traditional division two team. I think next year Springs will have a more traditional division two team. Um, maybe not, you know, they've been good for several years now, but they're graduating a whole lot of guys, but I think it's impossible to pick against them. Yeah. Uh, the whole I, way I through... think I've talked about this before that a couple of years ago was at the, um, the Badgerland conference tournament. Um, you know, down in it, it, 
they always have it in, in the, the finalists are in Fond du Lac. And we were looking at the, the banners. Um, the, 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 the Fond du Lac Thunder youth hockey program, the banners they have, and they had state champions, um, Bantams and Peewees, Bantams and Peewees. This one group just kept winning state champions every, you know, not every year, but like you, you'd follow them, you know, from, from Squirt to Peewee to Bantam, you'd follow this group winning state tournaments. And um, that's the guys who were uh, our, our, our seniors now. And, um, you know, from, and apparently most of them go to Springs, not um, Goodrich. Is that the, the public school? I think so. Yeah. So most of them go to Springs. Um, so these guys, yeah, these, these, these guys have been the best players, um, the best team in their age group for as long as they've been playing hockey. Uh, yeah, it, it is, it is a generational thing and they're good. Um, I really don't see anybody again, Oregon. I don't know. I don't know what kind of schedule they've played. I, I, I really don't see anybody here challenging them. There's been a couple of weeks when Oregon was ranked, but I don't know that it, it matters at the moment where you were ranked uh, when you're facing that team. They're really good. And, and yeah, well, yeah, and, and their goalie their goal is a sophomore now. I mean, last year he was a freshman, and, you know, so I think maybe he's just a little bit nervous. Well, now he's a sophomore, and he's not nervous anymore. He might be after that seven to two loss. He did after get pulled. Uh, he did get pulled in the third period um, after have giving up his fifth goal on nine shots. But let's just say that Edgewood is very efficient in that game. They shot it where he wasn't. Yeah, which is hard for teams to do sometimes. All right, I think we all made our picks on that one. Yeah, I, th I think we all kind of know where we're going with that one. All right. Uh, girls. What do we got? Uh, the University of School Wildcats, number one. Warhawks, number two. Badger Lightning, or no, Lakeshore Lightning, number three. Uh, well, Warhawks, Warbirds, number four, Glacier, number five, and the Golden Beavers of Beaver Dam, number six. I have a request that many of the girls' co ops rename themselves because we've got too many lightnings and too many stars. You, you have to have a new name, everybody's got to have a unique name. <laughs> well, you know, sitting here looking at this one. It's kind of surprising when you end up looking at the schedule and what they're out of 17 games, you know, kind of a quiet season for university school, but they're sitting there 14 and three. Um, I've taken, they just played their conference tournament this weekend. Um, Friday, they had a five to two win over the Warhawks and then a two to one overtime victory against the ice bears 
yesterday. Uh, so, you know, their number one seed looks like it was well-earned. Uh, Arrowhead uh, sitting there and looks like they finished 12 and 5 on the season. Or no, they played, they've only played 12 games and 5 and 7, but that might just be the division, the, their conference. And then um, Arrowhead, well, let's just talk about USM for a second. They've beaten Arrowhead three times. So, you know, Burglar mentioned that old chestnut. It's hard to beat a team three times in one season when he was trying to find a justification for Pines beating Rhinelander. Um, even though we know that that adage is not true. Once you've beaten a team twice, it's easier to beat them the third time. Um, USM has beaten Arrowhead three times already. They've beaten the Lakeshore Lightning four times already. Um, did the, How many times did they play the Warbirds, the, the four seed? One, two... They've beaten them twice already. Uh, the Glacier, did they play them? Brookfield, they beat Brookfield. Uh, once, it looks like the other two games were canceled. So, I mean, they're... I mean, they've beaten... They've beaten everybody... Other, I mean, the Glacier, they only beat them once. They've beaten everybody in this section multiple times. Uh, and they did not play uh, Beaver Dam this year. So, I mean... It's, they've already proven... Know, they've, they've, beaten, they've beaten four times... They've beaten the Lakeshore Lightning three times. They've beaten Arrowhead. You, you can't pick against them. You cannot, you no, cannot you can't. reasonably pick against them. And, so, now, and, you know, it's one of those ones where I I had to go look at their schedule and everything to see and, you know, see if I could make a case for somebody else to win this one. And, you know, for me to – but I can't. I, I really have to go with the Wildcats out of this bracket. That's not to say these other teams can't beat them. It's just that you cannot reasonably expect them to do so. Um, you know, they if we didn't, you know, if we didn't have to play the games, then none of this would matter. But you know, that's why they play the games. But you can't justify not taking USM in this section. You know, unless a bunch of players just got suspended for throwing a wild party, um, which seems to be more of a boys' hockey thing than a girls' hockey thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't think you can pick. You can't pick against them in this section. Alrighty then. Um, Division one, boys. Yeah. Speaking section of how four, it's hard again. to justify picking against university school. Uh, yeah, university school. Uh, KMMO number two. It's put together a nice season. Arrowhead number three. Waukesha, number four. Brookfield, number five. Marquette, number six. Uh, Whitefish Bay, W. Nicolay Sherwood, number seven. Janesville, eight. New Berlin, nine. Milton, ten. Um, if MJ was here, he'd probably make his case for uh, Janesville being the dark horse, but MJ's not here, so um, Dell should probably do that for him. Yeah, well, I'll give Janesville their win over New Berlin, and then they get to draw the number one seed and who the currently ranked number one in the state. So, you know, it's a tough draw for Janesville, who's already had a bit of a rough season starting late and trying to 
pile in three to four games a week, it seems. And so, be there's a case to be made, however, for KMMO. Um, I, I was just looking at that. Yeah, you know, they they lost the university school the first time they played two to one. The university school outshot them thirty-one to sixteen. Second time they played, there's a three-two overtime university school win, and KMMO actually outshot USM thirty-two to twenty-eight. Um, so they picked up their game. Uh, KMMO play or not KMMO university school plays a harder schedule than KMMO. Um, so KMMO, whatever they did between those games, they picked it up. Uh, they played a lot better, forced them into overtime. So even though university school is currently the number one team in the state and they just, I think it was five to one. They just spanked Hudson, the previous number one in the state, um, you know, don't don't overlook KMMO. Um, they've had, you know, it's it's they're not as consistent as USM is. Uh, you can see that from you know they went you know three to two overtime loss to USM to just six days later um, a six to two loss to Waukesha, who isn't you know this isn't Zed Dietrich, Jake Kupski Waukesha, um, you know. They're thirteen and nine, and then uh, just yesterday, a, a six to nothing loss to Notre Dame. Right, so they're not as they're not as consistent, and I think that comes from the fact that um, KMMO is like like we said with Edgewood, KMMO is incredibly top heavy. Um, uh, Jacob Cartland, Hunter Santos, Michael Saunders seem to get most of their scoring done. Um, so if you can manage to shut down. Uh, that group. Of, I mean, Cartland has 26 goals. Santos has 21. Saunders has 13. Jackson Keller has 11. Everybody else is down in the single digits. Um, so, you know, Cartland and Santos, if you can shut them down, you're going to have a good shot against KMMO. Um, they don't have as much depth, which makes, you know, a little bit more inconsistency. But they've played USM great twice. Um, so that should be, if they, assuming they both make it there, um, that should be another great game in the sectional final. Uh, Marquette, at the sixth seed, just lost uh, a 5-4, 5 overtime game to University School uh, that was played outdoors. I was watching that game, and I'm like, you know, going into the game, I predicted, you know, looking at the team's schedules and records, and I'm like, all right, University School is going to win this game 6 to nothing. After the first period, Marquette led two to nothing. All right, I'm like, okay, University School is going to win this game six to two. Uh, after the second period, I think it was uh, Marquette led four to nothing. I'm like, University School might not win this game. Um, and they ended up, I think it was three to three at that, or three to nothing at that point. They ended up tying it up with 29 seconds left on the clock and then winning in overtime. Um, so, you know, showed a lot of heart there on USM's part because they should. Looking at the two teams and the way they've played this year, there's no reason university school should have been down three to nothing, but they were. And other teams who are going to be facing university school should look at that game um, as as a weakness for USM. Yes, they came back, they thundered back in the third period, tied that game up, and ended up winning it um, four to three in overtime. But so they should plan to play university school outside first. Yes, yeah, step one. Uh, play at Cahill Park in Whitefish Bay. Um, it'll take, for some reason, it's going to take University School a little longer to adjust to the ice than you are. Um, 
And step two, find a way to end the game after two periods. Does does hockey have a rain delay rule like baseball, where you know, you know, five innings are in the books, it's an official game. If you get two periods in, is it over? If it starts raining, it very well could be. Um, and you look at Arrowhead, who had the number three seat, who's the number three seed here, and I go, they've had two tough losses to K- KMMO. They lost six to four and five to three. Uh, but I was looking at it out of their last 10 games. They ha- had a seven game winning streak going into Thursday, the 28th. And then they lost three straight games. Uh, on the Thursday, they lost to U- university school for nothing. Then Friday, they lost four to three to Janesville. And then yesterday <laughs> four to Fond du Lac. And that, that's not the way you want to be going. <laughs> rolling as you're getting ready to go into the playoffs yeah and it's 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 kind of disappointing how arrowhead had a phenomenal year last year what were they 23 and one going into the tournament and then they ended up losing to to usm um you know that the 23 and one season that nobody other than arrowhead is ever going to remember because it didn't even make it to the state tournament um so the those players have probably got a little chip on their shoulder about that um they're a good team i was you know the loss to usm four to nothing after that seven game win streak that wasn't surprising the loss to janesville and the loss to fond du lac was a little surprising um given what arrowhead had done through that point of the season i mean their losses were uh springs kmmo who's a two seed and who's been they've gotten votes just about every week in the top six, whether or not they've actually cracked, they've cracked the top six at least once. Um, Bayport, you know, we already mentioned Marcus Niemi's fantastic goalie, Nina, KMMO, two more losses, uh, university school. And then those last two, those last two to Janesville and Fond du Lac, those just don't fit the bill for what else Arrowhead had done this season. Um, so that was a little surprising that they kind of backed into the playoffs that way. I just looking at the score sheet um, against Janesville. They actually outshot Janesville thirty-nine to twenty, almost doubled them up on shots and stuff in there. Main reason I went to look at it is I was looking to see if Mason had gotten a goal or a penalty out of it, but he he ended up with with neither. So no penalties. Nope, no penalty for Mason. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I look at the, you know, I look at making a case. You can make a case for KMMO. You can make a case for Arrowhead. Um, Waukesha, you know, maybe a dark horse may try to make a case for them. But then I remember our conversation um, earlier in the year with, with John Welsh um, from Fond du Lac Springs, who just kept talking about how the regular season – was just preparation for the playoffs. And you look at university school and how often they make the state tournament. And, you know, you want you, do they have the same attitude that the regular season is just preparation for the state tournament? Yeah, we may lose a game here or there, but we're trying different things. And when it comes down, once the playoffs start, okay, that's when we shift into high gear. And that's when we, you know, start playing uh, serious hockey, playoff hockey, as they call it. Um, and that's, I mean, university school, 
despite what problems they've had in the past, they have a. They tend to make it to the tournament. And yeah, I say when they don't, it's because they generally it's not because they're not great. It's because they ran into some team having a, a career year, so to speak. You know, like yes. the Dietrich Kupski year for Waukesha. Right, and, and, and like I say, KMMO's had a good year. Arrowhead's had a good season. You know, Waukesha can do, but none of them have the kind of powerhouse team this year um, that I think is going to knock university school off. So I, I'm going to have to go with uh, uh, USM again. And I also am going to go with USM again. Yeah. But speaking of Jake Kupski, he is one of only two goalies born in Wisconsin who is currently playing professional hockey, as far as I know. And where is he? Uh, he's in the ECHL with the South Carolina Stingrays. The ECHL did not fold. You thought that they folded. Several of their teams are not playing this year, kind of like the Milwaukee Admirals are not playing in the AHL, but the league still exists. Is that he the same Chris- league as the, the Charleston Chiefs? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, he and he and Chris Nell of Notre Dame Academy are the only two that I am aware of Wisconsin goalies currently playing, being played, being paid to play hockey oh, yeah. after college. So yeah. All right. Um, well, as we've gotten through the sectionals. Uh, the one thing that is that. Uh, any of the girls' coaches, if you're listening in, remember the Wisconsin Prep Hockey Award nominees are due by this Tuesday. Uh, so if you please get them emailed in to us, that'd be great. Yep. And, you know, when going through the sectionals, if we didn't mention your team, we're sorry. We tried to finish this. I think we're at an hour and 20 minutes now. We tried to finish this in a reasonable amount of time. Um, you know, if we wanted to talk about every team's highs and lows for the year, we would have to go back as doing this as three shows and we're not doing that anymore. Well, no, they don't, they don't give us enough time between the choosing of the sectionals and the, well, yeah, unless we did like three straight nights. Um, so as usual, even though he's not listed on the thing, if you have any hate mail, you can still send it to Trasher at WisconsinPrepHockey.net, and we'll make sure he gets it. Yep. He may be retired, but he still owns 20% of the site, so he can get all the hate mail. That could be his job in retirement. Yes. Oh, and tomorrow is the last day for your nominees for the Hobie Baker Character Award. So one last time, please, coaches, Send in a nominee for the Hobie Baker Hobie Baker Character Award. We've been talking about it on it here. There's information on our site. Um, Jim Hayes has been sending information to the coaches every week, so you know, open his email. Please nominate somebody from your team. It's a good program. Just, just do it. Coaches, if you have your all-conference teams, please send them to us. Um, Like, I have the Fox River Classic all-conference team. Nobody sent that to us. I found it randomly browsing Twitter. 
Um, if you have them, please send them to us. We're, we're not clairvoyant, so we can post it. Um, people like to see them, and we're usually where people go to find stuff, so help us out. And uh, I guess at this point, it says some teams are going to be done after this next week. Just want to, you know, we actually missed being in the ranks to be able to see you guys this year. Hopefully next year it turns out a little bit better and we're allowed back into the rinks and everybody's health is a little bit better for next year. Um, good luck going into the playoffs. Oh, and that, yeah, that reminds me one other thing. I don't know if it uh, if it's a coincidence or if somebody planned it or whatever, but, you know, I, had we been doing our normal thing of going to going to games and being able to go to rinks and stuff and the sectional finals this year, whoever came up, you know, uh, like on the girls' side, three out of the four sectional finals are actually double headers with boys' sectional finals, um, which would have been great for us to cover. I mean, we go one place, we get two games. Um, uh, however, that turned out, I mean, if, if you could do it again next year, we can actually go to games, that'd be swell. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, having... every year, every year we every year we, we try to we, we try to divide up, you know, the 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 12 sectional finals and, you know, us, you know, who can go to this one and that one and to have two of them at the same place in the same day, that, that, that's awesome. Um, unfortunately we won't be at them this year, but if they're, you know, streamed somewhere, we'll, we'll watch them. But I think, you know, a place like UW river falls should host all three sectionals that are in its geographical area, boys, girl, D one, D two and girls. That's that's my dream. It's like Championship Saturday, just four of them throughout the state. All right, make that happen next year, guys, gals, everybody. Uh, anything else, Dell? No. All right. Uh, I guess that's it then. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, you've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Good night.